Let's play a game. When you hear the following foods, consider what comes up for you in relation to them. And if you've got a pen or paper handy, grab them now and write down what comes up for you. If you don't have anything handy, just consider your thoughts. Chocolate, donuts, spinach, pastries, eggs, cheese, chips or crisps, pizza, steak, watermelon. How did you go? In this episode, I'll be covering unconditional permission to eat, what that means, why it matters, and exploring practical aspects of how to get it for yourself. And the place that that begins is the way that you view food, all food. Later in the episode, I'll also be answering a listener question on intuitive movement, so stay tuned for that. I am Nadia Felsch, nutritionist and intuitive eating counsellor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. From such a young age, we're taught the idea that foods are either good or bad. You know, depending on our culture, our family dynamics, our socioeconomic situation, this can look really different between each of us. So for instance, if you grew up with a mum that said, I'm not allowed to eat X food because I'm going to gain weight. You likely internalize that belief and that, that idea. You know, maybe you lived in a house that didn't have soft drink or soda and you heard the message that it is not good for you. Maybe you remember being told you had to finish all your veggies before you eat dessert, before you have ice cream. So I'm asking, I'm curious, what resonates there for you? And how much of your resonance, how much of your reflection is actually similar to your initial reactions to the foods that you heard at the beginning of this episode? Can you hear your mum's voice, your dad's? Can you hear a rule there? All of this is what we would term a binary view of food. It's black and white. There is no gray area. There's no nuance. And very specifically, there's no individual aspect included in the view of food when we're talking good or bad. It's apparently the same answer, good or bad, always and for all of us. And this is how foods or some foods become demonized, like all on their own, they're magical and they can undo us. They can so-called ruin our health. They are toxic, et cetera, et cetera. It's how foods become moral as opposed to emotionally neutral. We're going to come back to that term. So hearing these ideas as kids is extra tricky because kids aren't really capable of much nuance. So even if it's not intended as such, it's pretty much how we hear it all the same. So which is why if you've been told, you know, you have to finish all your veggies before you get dessert, maybe ice cream, little you could already work out that that meant there was a difference in foods. You could detect a hierarchy, so to speak. So maybe that was, hey, these veggies are good. I have to eat this in order to get that thing that's not so good, the ice cream. Or at least, you know, mum and dad speak about these foods like there is a hierarchy and it all starts there. But the layers keep coming. They keep compounding. You know, at school, we're exposed to public health messaging about food, probably for the first time. And that continues with social media, the news, with health professionals you may see, also in our friend groups, the communities that we belong to. 
So most of the narrative about food that we develop as adults still largely exists in the binary, and that is to our detriment. And it's for this reason that when presented with the concept of unconditional permission to eat all foods, your reaction may be one of shock, of horror, of judgment, of fear. You might be saying, if I could eat anything whenever I wanted, I would just eat croissant all day. And I know that because I've heard someone say that exact comment, but maybe for you, it's not croissant. Maybe it's chocolate, it's pizza, it's donuts. Consider whatever comes to mind and again, contrast it to your initial reflections when hearing different foods at the beginning of this episode. So is it your assumption and maybe your fear that if you could eat anything whenever you wanted, you would only want the foods that you deem to be bad? So put another way, if you have this assumption and this fear, why was it not about broccoli? Why was it not about spinach? Your response to the idea of if you can eat anything whenever you want can tell you a lot about where your relationship to food currently is and wherever that is, it's okay. It's not a failing of you. It's the power of how we view food. It's the power and toxicity of diet culture. So unconditional permission to eat means what it says. It means that you do have the permission to eat whatever you like, whenever you like. And it's giving yourself that permission that we're talking about here. So not external, not from me, not from anyone, from within. So in practice, it doesn't mean you eat pizza all day or croissant. It means you can. And this matters for one fundamental reason. A positive relationship to food, food and body freedom, is rooted in this mental freedom of not self-imposing any unnecessary limitations on your food choices, on not restricting yourself. Your food and body freedom is rooted in unconditional permission to eat because it's only from this place that you are able to feel emotionally neutral towards all foods and begin to truly discover foods. I said I'd come back to that term. And this is the exact opposite of what the diet mentality encourages. So again, it's only from a place of unconditional permission to eat all foods that you can feel emotionally neutral towards foods. You can see them the same, and then you can begin to truly discover foods for yourself. So you can live without self-imposed restriction and the fear of not being able to trust yourself around foods because all foods are now equal emotionally. And you now have the opportunity to begin exploring them consciously and without limits. And where this unconditional permission is not present and you're instead engaged in the diet mentality, eating foods that you enjoy but demonize means you experience them in a really emotionally charged way. So maybe you restrict chocolate and you're good, aka I'm not going to eat it, only to binge on it later. And the entire experience of eating it, of binging, is so intense, maybe it feels chaotic and out of control. And now what you have is a false positive. So meaning you're saying to yourself, see, you can't be trusted with chocolate. But it's not the chocolate. As good as chocolate is, it's not that powerful. So what drives this behavior and this feeling for you is actually your limited permission to eat the chocolate in the first place which is driven by your view of chocolate as morally bad. And restriction of food 
is the quickest way to feel out of control around it. So how do you get to have unconditional permission to eat all foods? Are you ready for this? You tell yourself that you have it. It's both as simple and as hard as that. Only you can do this for yourself. Challenging the diet culture voice inside you that says no, and instead choosing what you really want to eat. Now, this is not easy and it will take time. Like everything worthwhile, hard work pays off. And I really invite you to seek support through this process if it's accessible to you. It will make the journey easier, not easy, and calmer. The right support can make a lot of difference. Now, in order to tell yourself that you have unconditional permission to eat all foods, you're going to be navigating a few areas. And so we'll explore those now. And I'm going to offer you some tips as well. Come back to these as much as you need. And to make your life easier, because you know I love doing that, I have created a free download for you of this entire process of exploring unconditional permission to eat all foods for yourself. So to receive that download, head to NadiaFelsch.com forward slash permission. So in giving yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods, you're going to be initially and ongoing challenging the ideas that food is morally good and bad, challenging the food police that you have inside of you. So some helpful prompts for you in this space are food is food. It is not moral. And seeing it that way hasn't helped me to feel more free around it. I love that one. Another prompt that you could use is differing nutrient profiles between foods doesn't mean one is inherently better or worse. And instead, it's up to me to figure that out for my own body. Another, restricting food makes me feel more out of control and mistrusting of it. So I'm working on foods being more available to me and healing my relationship to food. Beautiful. The last one in this area I'm in charge of my body and I can trust myself to make the decision that I want. Heck, yes, you can. All right, so another area you're going to be looking at, you'll be navigating the fears of what may happen to your body through this process. Because let's be honest, most of the ideas we have about food, even when we may offer that they're about health concerns, often what it root, what it's really rooted in is our own fat phobia, a fear that something will happen, we will gain weight. So it's really normal if, if that is your immediate fear, and I in, invite you to use these reflections. I am focusing on my relationship to food right now and putting the focus of my body size to the side. Another, I don't have ultimate control over the size of my body, and I'm also showing up for myself right now by healing my relationship to food. Another, connecting to my body's signals and preferences is taking care of it, And the best shot that I have at finding a healthy, natural weight level for me. And the final reflection in this space, I can trust that my body is always protecting me and it will take care of me. Now, you're also going to be navigating the inner critic. You know, it's actually probably going to show up in general through this work. So to help process it and also move forward, you can remind yourself of the following. This is hard and I can do hard things. This will take time and I'm doing the best that I can. This is showing up for myself and it's taking care of myself. This part of healing my relationship to food will not last forever. 
Now, from a more practical perspective, I recommend going back and listening to episode nine, where Alexis Connison and I explore the concepts and skills of mindfulness and self-compassion. These practices are fundamental to healing our relationship to food. Also, the balanced diet episode, which is episode number seven. And remember as well, this journey will feel more safe, more calm, and possibly faster too with the right support. So if accessible to you, please seek support. All right, today's listener Q&A from Grace on Facebook is how to get past the diet culture block of thinking only certain movement counts and getting the motivation to exercise because of the health benefits versus changing our bodies. Great question, Grace. Thank you. So this is really two questions in one, but they are interconnected. So really first up, movement is movement. So like today's episode, exploring food and morality, there isn't any. We assign that narrative and there are layers to that story for each of us. You know, I've heard people describe really that exercise only counts if you sweat or if you're falling apart by the end. And yet it's not true. Movement is movement. It's all good and it's all valuable to us in a multitude of ways. So what's most useful here is to first consider and really perhaps start exploring for yourself. What movement do you even like? And please don't hold back. There are no limits. Is it a team sport that you're into? Maybe you don't know and you want to try. Is it a dance class? Is it walking that you enjoy? Is it yoga, golf, tennis, cricket? It, it The list is long. And starting from there gives you a much better opportunity to A, show up and do the movement because you actually like it, <laughs> winning, and therefore you're more likely to make the time to do it. But also it B, it helps you to start noticing how it actually makes you feel both during the movement and after the movement. So maybe you start to notice, hey, I'm sleeping better when I move or my body image is feeling more positive. Maybe you enjoy the physical component so you feel stronger and you like that. Maybe getting up the stairs is easier now. As always with your body, it's how you feel that matters the most and also how things stick. Remember to meet yourself with compassion along the way as well, because small steps over time is how we change whatever we're working on. I will be exploring intuitive movement in more detail in upcoming episodes. So subscribe so you don't miss a thing. For the full prompts from today's exploration of unconditional permission to eat all foods, head to my website, which is nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. And if you would like to submit a question for me to answer on the show, head to my Food and Body Freedom community on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. If you'd like to get in touch with me, learn about my current group program offerings and client availability, the best way to do that is via my website, www.nadiafelsch.com. You'll also find my Facebook group, Food and Body Freedom, and on Instagram and TikTok, my handle is at Nadia Felsch.